Hey there. Welcome to this bonus episode of Rethinking Wellness. I'm Christy, and my guest today is writer and podcaster Amelia Fruby, who is back to discuss critical thinking and why it's important to question science with nuance, our different takes on astrology and tarot, how to dabble in woo-woo practices that feel fun to you without getting sucked into harmful beliefs and conspiracy theories, the role of social media in those rabbit holes, and lots more. I really like that we were able to have this great conversation about something we don't totally agree on, and I have a feeling you're going to love it too. This is a free preview of a longer episode for paid subscribers. To hear the whole thing, subscribe at rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. And now, without any further ado, here's my bonus interview with Amelia Hruby. So Amelia, welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking around for this bonus episode. Oh, I am so excited for what we have planned to chat about. I can't wait. Yes, yes, me too. We had talked offline about this and we both have different approaches to like the woo-woo aspects of wellness culture. I have a very skeptical take on things like astrology, tarot, Akashic records, etc. And I feel like I've heard you say that you're more open to some of those things. So I'm curious to to hear from your perspective why you're interested in those things and, and a little bit more open. Yeah, this is so fun to talk about, I think, because... I normally spend my time in spaces where all of that's so like normalized. <laughs> and then occasionally, I, you know, I'll talk to someone like you, or honestly, I'll just like mention it to my parents and they'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, and this is maybe not like the larger cultural <laughs> approach to these things. So I think for me, I really would say like I have personal, strong personal practices with reading tarot and interpreting astrology. For myself, this is not like a professional thing. I don't get paid to read tarot cards. I don't get, I'm not a paid astrologer. It's just become a part of my personal practice and how I understand myself and how I relate to the world and make choices about different sorts of things. And for me, astrology and tarot are just like different meaning making systems that I can choose to employ or not at any given time. So, as I was reflecting on kind of this question and this conversation we're going to have about it, I was actually thinking back, like, it kind of goes all the way back to my philosophy studies, which started in undergrad, where I, I remember reading a bunch of Foucault, who is a 20th century philosopher, <laughs> and realizing and reading that, that like, kind of everything's made up, was like what I took away from that. It was a very like, sort of postmodern approach, I suppose. All of the things that we've agreed upon as a society are just like social agreements that we have either overtly made or have just like come in through our culture. And so much of it, it's just, I feel like I took away from this class I took, like it's all socially constructed. And that didn't turn me into like a nihilist. I didn't become like nothing matters. I actually became like, okay, so I can choose what matters. And I can think about like, how wh- how did we land in this position? And it really led me to question a lot of things. And a lot of, you know, led me to a lot of political questioning. It led me to a lot of eventually like the diet culture and social media realizations that we talked about in the main episode. And then once I liberated myself from that, I was like, well, you know, I can think about astrology as a meaning-making system. I can think about tarot as a meaning-making system. And I can apply that to making a decision in my business or my life the same way I would apply a business framework someone might teach me or the same way I would apply 
using the Eisenhower matrix. I was like, I don't think it's that different to use the Eisenhower matrix versus a tarot card pull when I'm trying to make a decision, right? They're both, to me, just different meaning-making systems that I can utilize to make meaning in my life. That's really interesting. It makes me think of an episode I did with Alan Levinovitz early in this podcast. And we talked about when he was talking about his sort of rethinking wellness approaches, he talked about the power of randomness and how helpful it is to sort of introduce elements of randomness into life and to go with the flow on those and practice being flexible. I don't think these were his exact words, but what I took from it is like when you introduce something like a coin flip into a decision about, you know, it can be like a low stakes decision, like what movie to watch or whatever, but it could also be business decision that you're really struggling with or something. When you introduce that randomness and you sort of make an effort to go with the flow or be flexible, it can show you something about yourself or how you relate to the situation. You know, maybe can show you like, oh, actually I do know what I want and it's the other thing, you know, and I didn't know until I was sort of pushed in this direction by this random tool that I brought in to help me. Yeah, exactly. I think it all has to do, whether it's a coin flip or a tarot card, particularly in decision making, it's just about like externalizing whatever is happening in our brain (laughs) and like giving us something else to sort of have feedback against. And so we need that external reflection to even sometimes know what our feelings or desires are. And so it could be the random nature of the coin flip that gives you that feedback, or it could be the tarot card that gives you that feedback. I think that's really how I approach these systems. And I would say astrology is maybe slightly different. I I feel like with tarot, for me, it's a lot about decision-making and thinking about what's happening in my life or the world around me. With astrology, you kind of, with the idea of the natal chart, it's the idea is like it tells you something about yourself. I think it's a little more about identity than it is about action or behavior like tarot perhaps could be. And for me, I just like to think of it like I do not think of my natal chart as like deterministic or telling me what I will become or how things will unfold in my life. It just became a really interesting way to ask questions about myself. Like, okay, if my natal chart says I'm an Aries sun, which it does, what is an Aries sun supposed to be like? And do I feel like I'm that way? Or if my, you know, I'm a Gemini moon, like what is that supposed to mean? And does that align with how I think about myself? And for me, it's been really, really helpful to have that again, like external sort of mirror and feedback. Because when I broke up with diet culture, as we talked about in the episode, you know, I left social media, those were some of my main feedback, like external mirrors, right? Diet culture always telling me certain things about how my body should be. Social media always telling me certain things about what my influence should be. And I needed new ways to ask questions. Like I kind of left those systems and I was like, who am I? And at a certain point, you can look inside and ask yourself who you are all day long, but you might come up short, (laughs) like without, you know, engaging and interacting with the world with those external feedback. It like can for me, just become like a glut of things I don't understand going on inside of my experience of myself. And so astrology was really helpful just to help me see like, oh, do I think I'm like that? Yes or no? And kind of move from there. Yeah. And it it sounds like your relationship to it is not taking it at face value and saying, this is exactly what I have to do, or this is, you know, this is who I am. And, you know, I don't have any say in the matter. It's more a dialogue. You're like in a dialogue with these things. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anything or anyone should be telling you exactly who you are or what you should do. Like, I think that I'm so committed to questioning and asking questions. And I think that it's interesting. Like the example that actually comes to mind is when I was in the first major system that I questioned in college was actually like science and like the sort of objective truth of the scientific method. And I was like, is this, do I agree? <laughs> like, you know, I think especially be, for me, because of some of the really like problematic fat phobic beliefs in the medical community that like the science doesn't even necessarily back up. Like I really had to learn to like be questioning every system of meaning. And I think that we've seen, you know, there's a lot that happens when you start to question science. And now we live in this age of like questioning vaccines and all sorts of things that are not a part of that for me. But I, I think I still stand behind as challenging as it can be sometimes like the power of questioning systems and questioning the meaning making that we're just told to accept no matter what in the world. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I I find so many parallels with my own experience. I studied rhetoric as an undergrad. And, you know, that was a lot of like continental philosophy and Foucault was a big part of it. I actually did my senior thesis on like questions of truth and like whether there is a way to sort of determine any sort of objective truth in the work of Foucault and a couple other Speaking thinkers. Speaking my language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this. It's, I mean, it's, it's a question that's been sort of haunting me, I think, ever since I learned about postmodern theory, because, you know, I think there's this real tension, right, between wanting to question systems as constructed and sort of understanding, you know, belief systems or just systems of the way things work or have always worked as, you know, people came up with this. And this is not, you know, something that necessarily has to be set in stone forever, right? And we can organize and make change to those things, you know, which is really a powerful motivator to me. And, you know, that some of these things, like if you start questioning everything, if you start questioning or saying that like science isn't real or that it doesn't have any value or that I've seen the example of critics of postmodernism will say like, and even some people within postmodernism have made the argument that like science is just as valid as witchcraft or something, you know, that's to me, it's like, where are we going with this here? Where does this take us? And what harms does that cause to have such a breakdown of a shared understanding of reality? You've been listening to a free preview of this episode. To hear the rest and get tons more bonus content, become a paid subscriber by going to rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.